Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Welcome to this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. I'm your host, Harold Milby, and I'm so glad that uh, you decided to download this podcast today and I'm, I'm truly honored and humbled by those of you that are a part of the CBC family, and I, I truly hope that uh, you'll be encouraged, enlightened, and empowered by today's podcast. Uh, please be sure to write a review when you get a chance and, and recommend this podcast to others. Um, we're really trying to hope to, to help as many people as we can to, to become that Christian business uh, that we know that God needs in this world today. Uh, and so we hope that you will try and, and help us grow the number of people who listen each week. So uh, thank you for that. And I also, I just want to give a big shout out to the country of Rwanda uh, for having so many downloads. Uh, they, they've had the most downloads in the last five episodes, the country of Rwanda. So just want to give a big shout out. Uh, we, we know that we think about America and uh, and how many people download uh, the podcast. It's still, you know, the, the majority of, of uh, who, uh, who downloads our podcast. But uh, in the last few weeks, it's been Rwanda. And uh, so, hey, a big shout out to you guys uh, that are listening. And uh, we sure do hope that uh, uh, we're being a blessing to you. Uh, so let's uh, get into today's topic. Uh, you know, we talk about how to empower uh, your your team members, um, your employees. We talk about that a lot. We talk about building a winning team uh, and the principles that you need to be a successful leader with your business or your organization or really even your department. And all of those things are great. I mean, they're 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 good and 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 they're always so helpful. But according to a recent study of several thousand CEOs, the number one weakness they felt they had was holding people accountable. Uh, Holding people accountable in your company or organization is critical uh, to meeting a company's goals and accomplishing its vision. Um, It also, uh, if if you don't hold people accountable, if you don't hold people accountable, it causes uh, low morale uh, because there are those that are working hard, they're producing, they're effective, they're efficient, and they're watching the people that aren't, and they're not being held accountable, and therefore their morale goes down because they think, why am I doing all this if so-and-so is getting away with not doing it? You know, why Why am I doing it? So uh, it also causes low engagement for the same reasons. Um, you know, people will become less engaged when they see uh, that, uh, you know, you're, you're not holding people accountable. Uh, less execution, uh, low trust. Uh, there'll be low trust. Uh, you know, they won't trust uh, you as a leader uh, if you're not holding a people uh, accountable. Uh, and then the next thing is uh, what we all don't want is a high turnover rate. You know, you'll have people that will leave your company. Uh, and a lot of times they won't even, if you were to ask them in an exit questionnaire, they, they may not even know why they're really leaving. Uh, but a lot of times it boils down to that there's no accountability. And uh, so 
you know, that's that's some things there that are worth the very fact uh, that of why we should hold people accountable. But let me tell you what it hurts uh, for you as well as a leader. When you don't hold people accountable, you lose your credibility uh, as a leader. Uh, and uh, you lose your capability to inspire other people. Uh, and really, uh, one of the big things is is that you you lose an employee's loyalty uh, to the company, to the vision, to the leader. You lose their loyalty. So there's a lot of reasons why we need to hold people uh, accountable. Now, if you're if you're working there and you're trying to understand and trying to figure out, well, you know, I think I hold people accountable. Well, there's a few things that you can look at that will help you determine whether or not you're holding people accountable. Uh, And here are some of those things you need to be looking for. Uh, You know, there'll be people that'll blame others and make excuses. If you have a lot of that going on, you're you're probably not holding people accountable. Uh, Poor quality of work. Um, You know, you'll find people that will have that mentality that, you know, that's not my job. you know, there'll be broken promises, broken agreements. Um, you know, you'll find that people will uh, hide problems. You know, they'll hide mistakes. Um, and it will also, uh, really, you'll begin to see that there's a, a poor reputation among certain people. And, and there's a lot of, of, of poor interpersonal relationships. Um, and then you'll have people that'll be really reluctant to help other people. Uh, that's another sign that there's no accountability. Um, maybe people wait until they're told to do something uh, before they do anything again um, and avoids they, they, they avoid taking any kind of initiative to just you know do. Um, they don't take risks um, you know and they're resistant to change. They're not coachable, you know what I'm saying so so these are some of the things you know and and even that they they'll dwell on the reasons why, they can't do something instead of the reasons why they can do something. Uh, that is another another sign that you may not be holding people accountable. Accountability is critical if your business is going to be both efficient and effective. You've got to have that accountability. Um, you know, uh, according to Pat Summit, um, responsibility creates accountability. Accountability creates ownership, and a sense of ownership is the most powerful thing a team or an organization can have. You know, Pat Summit was a great, a great basketball coach for the women's team, uh, and uh, she won uh, multiple. There's nobody even close to the amount of championships, NCAA championships that she that she won. And uh, so it's important for you to recognize that, you know, uh, even Galatians in chapter 6, the first couple of verses, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that statement is really, that biblical verse is a verse of accountability, you know, uh, now, there's a lot of people who, who don't know the difference between accountability and responsibility. And in order to be truly successful, you need to know what the differences are between the two. 
So re- responsibility really, it, it's, you know, it's a sense of duty that will help you kind of, you know, respond, if you will, to specific tasks. Uh, you know, it, it really consists of actions that needed to be done to complete uh, those tasks. Now, accountability is taking ownership of those tasks. This is where a person examines the actions that they're taking to complete the work, complete the task, and and then they're holding themselves accountable. So I guess you could look at it this way. Responsibility is task-oriented, and accountability is results-oriented. So that can kind of help you understand the difference. You know, the Lord expects accountability for our lives and what we spend our life doing. He's going to hold us accountable for our time, for our talent, and for our resources. You know, Matthew 25, uh, you know, gives us the story that Jesus tells when he says that a man, uh, you know, left uh, left the country and he, and he called his servants together and he gave one uh, five talents, one two talents, and one uh, one talent. And, uh, you know, he left. And then when he came back, he met with them and said, okay, uh, how did you do while I was gone? And the, the guy with five talents said, hey, I, I, I was very aggressive and, you know, I made five more. So here's 10 talents. Uh, the one he gave to, he said, you know, I was very aggressive, didn't quite have the abilities that this guy had that had the five talents. Uh, but, you know, hey, I made two more. And so I doubled it. And then the guy that had one talent, he came to him and he said, you know, hey, here's your talent back. You know, I, di- I didn't lose it. I didn't take any risk, but I didn't lose your talent. And uh, here you go. I, I knew that you were kind of tough guy to please, and so I didn't want to lose it. And uh, and Jesus goes on to explain how that that, that servant, um, you know, he was cast into outer darkness that says he took everything away from him and gave it to the guy that had five talents. And so you see in that story how there, there's accountability, there's, there's, a, there's a reckoning. Uh, notice that Jesus gave five talents to one and two talents to another. Uh, that wasn't because of his favorites. I believe it was because that, and again, the scripture doesn't bear this out, but I do believe that, that this is, is, is what was going on here. I think that there was a, a one servant who had better capabilities, better skill sets, better abilities than the guy who had two, and then even the guy that had one. So I, I do, do believe that the word of God shares that with us. Now, there's reasons why people don't hold other people accountable. Uh, first of all, you know, we want people to like us. And when you hold people accountable, sometimes it can get a little bit tough. It can get a, a little bit difficult uh, between two people when you have the authority and responsibility to hold them accountable, and you do. Uh, so a lot of times we want people to like us, and so we don't want to do that. Um, and sometimes it's because we're not even accountable ourselves. So I don't want to hold somebody else accountable because I don't want anybody to hold me accountable and I'm not being held accountable. So, you know, that's another reason. Uh, next there's a a fear. Uh, it's a fear that they may lose that person. Maybe it's a person with a lot of, of, of experience. Maybe they'll be hard to replace, um, and so they have a fear that they're going to lose that person, or maybe they have a fear of getting a, a uh, that they're going to get a bad reputation because they hold people accountable. Uh, you know, we all want to have uh, others 
uh, have a, a good image of us, right? We, we want them to have a good Im- image of us, but sometimes we're afraid that if we hold people accountable that we won't have that image in people's minds. Um, another reason is just pure laziness. I mean, it takes work to hold people accountable because you have to do it the right way, but you know, it, it, you do have to work at it. Um, and lastly, there's an indifference. You know, especially, you know, when things are going good, when the sales numbers are strong, when business is good, you just become indifferent. You know, it's like, don't rock the boat. Everything's going good. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. And what happens is that's the worst time to not hold people accountable. Uh, You need to continue to hold them accountable. Now, let's talk about some of the principles of holding people accountable. Uh, so first, set clear goals. Set clear goals. Every position that you have within your company should have a defined job description. You know, it amazes me how many companies, when I talk to people that don't have uh, uh, job descriptions, and then they wonder why performance doesn't meet their expectations. Listen, job descriptions will there's several benefits, but one of them that always jumps out at me is that job descriptions will help you scale your business. As your business begins to grow, if you've got job descriptions out there, then that helps you to train new people to come in, and then you have continuity of the way things are done in your business. So job descriptions are crucial for that. Uh, it'll help you scale your business. Uh, and, you know, these job descriptions really help uh, set the the re- responsibilities, the expectations, uh, you know, for a person who who wants to know, hey, am I doing a good job? If they've got a good job description in front of them, then they know whether they're doing a good job or not. Are they completing all the tasks and responsibilities on in that job description? If they are, they can look back and say, hey, I'm doing a good job. So job descriptions are important, and I got to tell you, the, the, the first time that you begin to hold people accountable should be when you bring them in on their first day of work and you begin this onboarding process. They need to, uh, you need to explain to them how that you hold people accountable and that they'll be held accountable. It starts on the first day, folks. So I'm, I'm just saying, <clears throat> you know, you need to make sure that you do that. You know, Rick Warren, uh, great writer, uh, he was a pastor of a lar- one of the large churches uh, in America, but he said that we are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of our past. So just because you've not held people accountable up to this point doesn't mean that you can't start holding people accountable. Uh, Psalms 145 and 14 says, the Lord upholds all that fall and raises up all those that are bound down. So in other words, we know that you can, you know, change, you can do better. You can begin to hold people accountable. So next thing is be a person who follows through. Be a person who follows through. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say that this is what's going to happen, you know, it reminds me of my kids, you know, when they were being raised, you know, the one thing we, we were, we were pretty firm parents, tough parents, but you know, we, we felt like that's what we needed to do. But you know, one of the things that we did is we said, look, if I have to tell you again, then you're going to get a spanking or you're going to get time out or, or whatever it may be. Well, guess what? If it happened again, we did that. You know, there's nothing worse as a parent that, 
don't don't follow through when it comes to accountability with your kids. It it teaches them the wrong things. And so we have to be able to 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 do that. So be a person that follows through in everything that they that you do because everybody's watching. Everybody's looking at you. You're the leader. Uh, so next you want to create consequences. You know, Colossians 3 and 25 says, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for that wrong, which he has done. And there is no respect of persons. In other words, there's accountability there. There is consequences, uh, when, uh, you do not perform according to what you're supposed to. There needs to be consequences. Now, I'm not saying that you fire everybody that doesn't, you know, uh, do what they're supposed to do because some t- people can learn and they just, you know, they need instruction or guidance or, or what have you. But you do have to be willing to go that far. And so you've got to create the consequences and you've got to communicate those to the people that you're going to be holding accountable. Uh, next, uh, be firm. Be firm. You know, we see this in, in Jesus' life. There were times when he was very firm uh, with his uh, disciples. I, I remember in one case where the disciples were talking among themselves, like who was going to be the most important to Jesus when Jesus uh, brought his kingdom uh, into this earth. Now, they didn't understand because they thought he was going to usher in a kingdom at that time. Uh, so they were talking about, oh, I'm going to be the greatest or I'm going to be his right-hand man or whatever. And Jesus got very firm with them over that, very firm with them. He's, he was loving, but he was very firm. And so you have to be firm at times. Uh, next, then you have to motivate your team. You got to motivate them. You know, Peter, think about this. Peter had denied Jesus three times when you look at that story in Luke chapter 22. But read what Jesus says later. In Mark 16 and 7, uh, telling the same story, he says, but go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There you shall see him and he said, uh, as he said unto you. So, you know, they didn't recognize that that was Jesus risen from the grave, but he tells them, he said, go, uh, the people that he appeared to, he said, go tell his disciples and Peter. So in other words, the, you know, he wanted Peter to know, look, yeah, you made a mistake, but let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. You know, Peter is such a good example of learning from mistakes. Uh, you know, uh, after this, after he denied Jesus three times, let's remember that the next thing that we see Peter do uh, is he preaches to 3,000 or he preaches to a mob of people who thought they were drunk at the time. And uh, Peter preaches to them, and 3,000 people get born again and give their life to Christ. Um, so, you know, he, yeah, he made a mistake, but look what happened. Uh, Jesus rallied him, uh, motivated him to go on and do great things and not get stuck in the mistake that he made. So, yeah, you got to be firm. You got to create consequences, but then you got to motivate them. Uh, and then the next thing you've got to do, you've got to treat everybody same, the same. Not the same way, but treat everybody the same. Now, that may be, sound like a contradiction of terms, but it's really not. What I'm saying is you treat everybody with the same respect, but you don't necessarily treat everybody the same way. You know, I used to tell customer service with our customers, you know, you treat every customer with the same respect. But if you have a customer that's one of our top 10 customers and he wants a special favor, well, you're more than likely going to take care of him, whereas somebody who has never bought from us before, uh, you, you may not give them that same 
option. You may not give them that same uh, special uh, because, you know, they've not been with this. They're not one of our bigger customers. So we treat them with the same respect, but we don't always treat them the same way because everybody is different. That brings me to the next thing, which is be smart in how you delegate. Remember the story of how Jesus tells the story of the, the man that he had the three servants. He left one five talents, one two, one and one one talent. He That's because I believe that the, the man in the story, he understood uh, their capabilities. He understood what they could do. So make sure when you delegate and you create these duties and responsibilities that they have the capabilities to do those things or you set them up for failure. So let's make sure that you don't do that. Be smart in how you delegate. You know, in Matthew chapter 14, he delegates the feeding of the 5,000 people to his disciples. He says, you know, they said, send them away so that they can go eat. Jesus said, feed them. And, and the disciples looked at him like, like he was crazy. I mean, like, what? You want us to feed 5,000 people? We don't have the money for that. We don't have the food for that. But Jesus knew that their capabilities were tied to his anointing. And so he knew what could happen. He knew what was going to take place. You may know that about some of your people when you delegate, that maybe they don't think they have the ability to do it, but you know they do. You need to communicate that to them. Let them know. You can do this. So the next thing that you need to do is measure their progress. You know, we, we talk about uh, key performance indicators, KPIs. Uh, you, may, you may use the word milestones, but you need to have something to measure them by. That means that you've got to track their progress. You have to track it. So not only do you provide the milestones, but you, you have to keep track of it and see, are they making progress? I don't believe in, in, in uh, micromanaging people. I think it's, I think it's got more, uh, more disadvantages than it does advantages. So I don't believe in that. But I do believe in, in looking at milestones and looking at numbers. Um, and then let me give you this wisdom seed that I've said for years. What gets inspected gets done. If you don't inspect, if you don't keep milestones, if you don't track their progress, eventually things just stop getting done. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it over and over again uh, with people, departments, everything. If you don't inspect it, eventually people get lazy and they just don't do it. Well, why not? I mean, why not? Because nobody's inspecting it anyway. Um, now, the next thing that you need to do is, as I said, you, you need to track the goals and the tasks that were completed, and then you celebrate it. Celebrate it when you do it. You know, employees, you know, a lot of times, too, understand that employees require different levels of supervision. Not everybody's the same. So make sure you develop a strategy for each person, but make sure that you celebrate with them when they complete these things uh, and when things are, are completed, especially if it's something big. Make sure that you celebrate it. And then lastly, don't be afraid to make big requests. Don't be afraid to make these big requests you know, of people. You know, Jesus said uh, when, he, when he was choosing his disciples, he said, follow me. And that meant, hey, they got to drop everything. You know, he, he told uh, uh, Peter and his brother, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, that, that, they dropped everything at that moment. That was a big ask. He asked them to do something. That was a big request. 
you know, and in fact, in Luke chapter 14 and verse 33, it says, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Understand that sometimes we need to ask people uh, for for a, a big, uh, you know, make a big request on people. Number one, it, it challenges people. Number two, it stretches people. It helps them to grow. Uh, so don't be afraid to make big requests. So keep in mind, holding people accountable, it gives them a sense of ownership. You know, you help them to own it and to make them own it. You know, you'll never have a business or a department that, or an organization that is truly effective and efficient without implementing these principles for accountability. I mean, sometimes it can be one of the hardest things that you do, but realize that other people are watching to see what you're going to do. It's important for your success. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who are listening to today's podcast. Lord, holding people accountable is never easy. Lord, I know that. I recognize it. I, I, there are times that I struggle with it. So, Lord, I pray uh, that they and myself will have the strength and the courage to hold people accountable. And when they have to make the tough choices, Lord, help them do it. And, Lord, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Well, thanks for downloading today's Christian Business Concepts podcast, and be sure to tell a friend. Be sure to tell somebody if this podcast helps you to be a better leader and a better person. You know, please share that with others, and please help me and write a review. So we appreciate that too. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. So until next time, remember, Jesus is Lord, and he wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to ChristianBusinessConcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.